0: Come in,
1: come into the time and place of power, the power of fierce love, the power of compassion and gratitude, the power to take down everything that stands in the way of wholeness and peace. Come, let us worship together. I'm Angela Herrera. I'm the senior minister here at First Unitarian, and I'm sharing the virtual pulpit today with Sarah Wofford. Sarah is a member of our congregation and the chair of the Healthy Community Committee. And we are joined by First Unitarian's new intern minister, Kristen Famula, here for her second Sunday, and lay leader, Geraldine Bowen. Mia Noren prepared our time for all ages. Chris Paul is our technical arts director. Our Zoom DJ is the fabulous William Baker. And Eric, Jordan, and Barry round out our tech team. It takes a village. Welcome everyone who's working behind the scenes and everybody who showed up today for church. We're so glad to be together with you. If you are visiting for the first or second time this morning and you feel comfortable, we invite you to put your name and location in the chat box so that we can extend a personal welcome to you. And now Gerilyn has some announcements to share.
0: So
2: good morning, all you lovely people out there in cyberspace. Today is Connection Sunday, a yearly end of summer event in which you can check out over 40 different church groups and committees that are available to our congregation. They'll be on offer outdoors at tables in the church courtyard following this Zoom service on through the early afternoon after the in-person service that ends at noon. There will also be a Connection sign-up event on Zoom on Sunday, September 11th. These are prime opportunities for you to find your mates and establish a personal community within our larger church community. To enhance and expand our congregational communications, the church has adopted an in-house web-based app called Realm. All members are asked to download the app and register, register with Realm on your computer and or other digital devices. You can do that today at the Realm Connect table at the bottom of the sanctuary steps, next to the courtyard, where tech-savvy volunteers will be available to provide any help needed. You can also take part in the introductory Realm trainings that you'll be hearing about. If you haven't yet gotten set up on Realm, please look out for those. So, As the summer draws towards its close, we come together to find blessing in our fellowship of covenant. May the steady flame of our sacred chalice show us the way to create a blessed community of trust and loving intention. In this unfolding, may the emergent light of this flame serve to deepen our insight into ourselves and other sojourners on the heartful path of truth, long and winding and often steep, though it be.
3: One, two, one, two, two. This fire is the power of love and forgiveness. This fire is the power of kindness and gratitude. This fire is the power of love and forgiveness. This fire is the power Gratitude, this fire is the power of love and forgiveness. This fire is the power of kindness and gratitude. This fire is the power of love and forgiveness. This fire is the power of kindness and gratitude. This fire is the Star.
0: Humanitarian Universalists, people of faith with open minds, loving hearts, and helping hands.
4: Let's pause the chat for a few minutes now for the meditation time. Wherever you are, I invite you to settle for the next few moments. Take a breath. And as you exhale, feel your body relax. As you breathe, allow yourself to rest into whatever is holding you to release the tension. And just to be for a moment. Notice how it feels to give yourself permission to just be. As you continue breathing, and being, I invite you to notice the places in your body that feel tender. Not just the feeling of our physical bodies, but the tenderness that comes from living with other humans. Perhaps it is the worries about someone you love, or anxiety about the state of the world, or the heart pain that sometimes comes just by living in this world notice where you hold those tender places these tender reminders of our humanness see them as if they are now made visible and as you're noticing these places inside you i invite you to imagine that you are surrounding them in loving compassion, a sphere of compassion wrapped around each of those tender places.
0: Breathing, filling the spheres with gentle warmth.
4: Look at them as if from a distance. Perhaps each tender spot has a
0: color or a glow.
4: Breathing, look at these tender places, wrapped in the warmth of love. And I invite you to step back in your imagination and see all those around you. Look at each of their spheres of tenderness, their growing spaces of humanness, of compassion, of love,
0: breathing. We continue in silence.
2: Rachel Naomi Riman writes, wounding and healing are not opposites. It is our wounds that enable us to be compassionate with the wounds of others. It is our limitations that make us kind to the limitations of others. As a caring community, let us bear her wisdom and heart mind. Right here, right now, We have a precious chance to be real with one another about the truth of our current lived experience, about our delights and fulfillments, and also our anxieties and sorrows. Such open sharing is a key part of what it means to be a spiritual family. Please feel free to use the chat box to tell us first about what brings you joy, then about what troubles you. If for any reason you can't write in the chat box but would like to let us know what's going on for you, you're warmly invited to email caring at uuabq.org. Blessed be to every soul on this path we traverse from cradle to grave, come what may.
5: I'm listening. I am listening. Spirit, speak to me. I'm listening. I am listening. Spirit, speak to me. My hands are wide open pen as a wide open to see what i may be i am listening I'm this Listen moment of silence Speak to me I can hear the voices of all my I'm eyes. listening Singing I Speaking. am listening Howling Spirit We're all spirit calling into to the, wind. the wind My, my hands, hands are wide open So I'd enough to see it's what it. I have for you me. and me. Oh, 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 I'm listening in this moment of silence.
0: All
4: these we hold in a community of love. As our time for all ages reminded us today, the important time is now, to be loving and kind with those around us, to do good for those around us. As the story says, this is why we are here. In addition to all we just shared, we pray for Marty Malecki, who is back in the hospital and is waiting for his health to stabilize so that he can continue getting the care needed. We pray for his care team and his strength, and we pray for Connie. May they feel the love of this community. And we share prayers of love and comfort for Holly Raina. Her mother died last week after a short time in hospice care. We offer prayers to Holly and to the extended family that they may feel connected to community in their grief. In times of sadness and loneliness, may we be reminded that we are held in loving care. We hold these and all those unnamed in our hearts in the light of healing and love and renewal. May this community give us strength for all the life that we encounter each day. May the tender places within our hearts be surrounded in love. And may we hold ourselves and each other with compassion. May we welcome the tender places as reminders of our humanness. May the fierce power of our love be magnified through our connection with this community. And may that knowledge give us strength as we move through these days. Amen, blessed be, and peace be with you.
1: so pleased this morning to share this virtual pulpit with Sarah. Sarah is the chair of our congregation's Healthy Community Committee. That's a committee of the board of directors, and its job is to put uh, procedures and plans in place to help our congregation resolve conflicts and just to have a healthy culture around conflict, which we know is just part of life and certainly part of group life, like congregational life and the Healthy Community Committee provides education about healthy communication and things like that. Sarah is also the coordinator for our congregation's pagan chapter called Coyote Willow, and they provide pagan and earth-centered rituals and other events in the congregation and beyond. And Sarah also volunteers with the local pagan pride day organization and feels called to serve in pagan ministry She's currently engaged in personal studies with the eventual goal of clergy ordination in the pagan tradition. You've been up to a lot of stuff lately. Indeed. Yeah. (laughs) Sarah's also just someone I admire. So I've been looking forward to the chance to have a conversation about um, one thing that's a big part of life together, sometimes it's a part of conflict, it often is, and that is the art of apologizing. Indeed, yes. Yeah. So we thought we would just share this conversation uh, with each other and with all of you as we go along. And um, so I think we should start by thinking about who is an apology even for. And when I think of apology, I think of it as being for at least three parties. I would say the giver, like the person who's doing the apologizing, the receiver who receives it, and but also the relationship between them. It takes care of this third thing, which is what's between us. And also it could be meaningful, I'd say, for the people around who see
6: it happen, if anybody sees it. Definitely. Um, we certainly take inspiration from others and we see that sort of thing happen. And that actually goes really well with my personal theology, that um, interactions are the source of uh, basically divine beings, spirit. Mm-hmm. That
1: the divine exists in between. Yes. Yeah, I think of that as a, a horizontal theology yeah. versus the... The vertical axis. Okay. So um, what does an apology do or what can it do?
6: I would say that an apology done well is a moment of grace. It opens doors for communication and for healing um, instead of shutting conversations down, which is what defensiveness and doubling down can do. Um, an apology is a way of taking responsibility for our own part in hurt that might have happened even and perhaps especially when it's unintentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of it like
1: where our defensiveness is like, like a wall between us. An apology is this moment of vulnerability, like it's an opening up, right? And there's, there's something about like showing some vulnerability or like your real self on the inside that just has a way of bringing the temperature down. <clears throat> If things are tense like if there's a conflict
6: yes right. and there are lots of reasons why it can be vulnerable right mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. um we uh um sorry excuse me right. <laughs> mind blank um it's easy to feel defensive when we are challenged mm-hmm. and um so allowing us to feel a little bit uncomfortable in that moment and think about what we just said from the other person's point of view mm-hmm. uh, is uh, an important part of of healthy relationship.
1: So, how do we know when one is called for?
6: I would say that anytime uh, harm has been done, or a person feels unheard, or marginalized, or dismissed, um, this often happens without us realizing it. Mm-hmm. Rarely does any of us attempt to hurt anyone's feelings. Mm-hmm. It's almost always unintentional. Mm-hmm. And um, that's so that those are times when we should apologize, when someone knows or when we become aware that, that um, someone has been hurt by something we said or did. We don't need to apologize for having a strong opinion and voicing it. Mm-hmm. Or you know, for for taking up space and 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 being uh, who we are, uh, it's it's more the unintentional impact of mm-hmm. uh, what we do on others. Mm-hmm. I once had
1: a situation where somebody got really upset with me, and I could tell based on their response to me that they they may have actually been feeling upset for a while, and so. I didn't fully understand it, but I started by apologizing for just not noticing that Mm there had been tension between us. Um, And I think that was, I think that helped. (laughs) And I did feel bad that I hadn't noticed.
6: And they were able to explain more about why, Mm -hmm. yes. Yeah, yeah, right. So
1: do you have to agree though that you did something wrong in order to apologize?
6: Not necessarily, Um, again, it, it, it's not always wrongdoing, but sometimes just the differences between our personalities and our cultures, and and the way we express ourselves can be taken in ways that we didn't expect. Mm-hmm. And um, especially, this happens in intersectional situations where both sides have something that um, they're they're grieved about. Mm-hmm. Uh, when both sides are hurt by something, or both sides have a background of trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really easy to step on toes we didn't realize were bare. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a good, actually, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> we didn't realize the toes were bare. Yeah. And it's, it's just an acknowledgement that mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I might not have done something that is wrong, but what I did or said mm-hmm. still was hurtful. Mm-hmm. And I can take responsibility for that and say, okay. I am sorry that, that, um, that my words hurt you, and can you help me understand this? Mm-hmm.
1: It's about about our impact, like the impact of what has happened rather than what an intention might've been. Right. Right. Because right. when we say sorry, it's for something that's happened, not necessarily for a, like who we are. Or, right, right? Like in fact, exactly. I, in fact, I don't think we should apologize for who we are, no. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, but owning our impact. Um, but it's it's hard because I think sometimes it does feel like on some level so painful to give an apology. Actually, I came across a really funny little cartoon, and I asked William if he would share it with you. The last thing she said to me was, "Would it kill you to apologize?" <laughs> there they are. <laughs> Thank you. I think it was Eric that shared that. Thank you, Eric. <laughs> you know what is it that makes it so uncomfortable sometimes?
6: Um. You know, we have a human tendency to expect to be right, mm. and um, we're often not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, part of the purpose of our ego is to protect us. Yeah. And when we feel uh, 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 invested in a um, in the comfort mm-hmm. of a particular position, and then someone challenges that, it feels like a threat. Mm-hmm. And so that tends to make us prickly and, and, and want to push back. Yeah. And um, whereas apologizing is, is kind of allowing that, that um, intrusion to happen mm-hmm. a little bit and, and, looking at it and saying, why do I feel uncomfortable about this?
1: Mm-hmm.
6: And, and why does the other person feel this way about yeah. what I just done?
1: Because sometimes the source of our discomfort, it, it has to do with, the fact that we are caring people, right? And like, if you wouldn't feel uncomfortable about accidentally causing harm, if you weren't a caring person, right? Right. So I think one thing we can do is like tune into that, that underlying thing to help us um, sort of stay centered in who we are and our best selves. That's a really
6: good point. It shouldn't be, apology shouldn't be about self-flagellation. No,
1: Yeah. yeah, we have to be kind to ourselves. That's a part of it. Um, I think also, you know, a lot of us may have had the experience when we were young children of being forced to apologize, um, like by a parent or authority figure. And we may have had experiences where we were behaving in a way to meet some need we had as a kid, or we didn't know, you know, that we were doing something wrong and like that there was a shaming aspect to it. Right. So we may be carrying some of that old, like shame lesson about apology with us, even though that doesn't really serve us or our relationships very well. So what would you say a good apology includes? What makes it good?
6: I think that there are two really important things that need to be there. One of them is acknowledging the other person's hurt. Even if I was also hurt, I need to acknowledge that um, the other person is telling me that they were hurt and there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. and to take them seriously. Mm -hmm. The other is to take responsibility for having had a part in that hurt. Um, So if I say, I'm sorry that you took my words that way, or I'm sorry that you feel that way, that's not an apology, because it shoved the responsibility completely back on the other person, and doesn't have me taking part in this conversation at all.
1: I think we've all received that kind of apology, if not also. Given I've it- done it. Yeah, yeah me so too. I- <laughs>
6: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, uh, realizing that that shuts down the conversation because then it makes the other person feel defensive and unsafe in having any more conversation with me if I do that.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: So uh, a good apology will not start with, I'm sorry that you. Uh-huh. It's, taking responsibility. I'm sorry that I or my, I'm sorry that my words offended you. I'm sorry that what I did um, was harmful, Um, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it often helps if an apology is followed by a question. If you can turn um, that defensiveness and vulnerability into curiosity Mm, mm, mm -hmm. curiosity can open a door especially if you started with a a sincere apology so that creates a safe space Mm -hmm. and then a question invites further inquiry so that we can do both self-reflection and together reflection Mm
1: -hmm. yeah it's again like tending that relationship in between yes yeah i think You know, in light of the potential for the self shaming we do, that a good apology also includes, at least on the inside, um, patience and self kindness, right?
6: Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think also we, this is another place to uh, watch out for the tendency to um, put too much emphasis on our own. Mm, I'm going to say expertise, (laughs) what Ah, I'm saying is um, it's entirely possible for, say, I have done a whole bunch of um, maybe uh, uh, training in anti-racist work, for example, and then say a person of color challenges me on something that I say, and the correct response for me should not be that wasn't racist. I'm not racist. <laughs> you know? um, but that's so easy to do. Yes, we uh, want so
1: much to not contribute to that kind of harm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Just staying present with the moment, the relationship, the impact. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where it's at. So why are we talking about this in church? Why are we talking about apologies here? <laughs> Is it spiritual?
6: <laughs> oh gosh. Church is a community, and our church is a big community. It is. And we want a healthy community, right? Yes. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so back to that relationship part. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Apology helps us nurture the relationships. Because as you said at the beginning, we are going to have conflict. Mm -hmm. It's just going to happen. And if we want to move through that in a way that preserves the community, Mm -hmm. we need to have the skills to do that, and apology is one part of that skill set.
1: Yeah, in my experience, healthy conflict can even bring people closer together. When you have an experience of you know trust building and showing how much you each care about that relationship,
6: yeah. And I would say also, we can acknowledge that not every one of us is going to be close friends. Mm -hmm. That's just you know a fact. But um, uh, apology can at least kind of pave the way for a respectful neutrality when when that's appropriate.
1: Yeah, yes, absolutely. That, um, I mean, I would even you think of like, there's the, the sort of religious sort of love for one another that doesn't have to be chummy chummy, right? right? Yes. <laughs> but we can all um, like hold each other in love okay. the way we interact with each other. And then there's the fact that we're doing all this big work this year with the eighth principle, with adding, dismantling racism and oppression as part of our you know specific um, principles.
6: Yes, I think that um, when conversations like that happen, they can be very difficult um, because um, white people uh, like me uh, grew up typically in a, in a system that uh, whereby we have some invisible to us privileges that um, many people of color have never experienced. And we don't mm. see that unless someone brings it to our attention and then when they do, it feels like our whole way of life is being attacked, or it can. Mm-hmm. And so that's another situation where uh, respectful listening, mm-hmm. deep listening, and sometimes apology is necessary to really actually understand each other. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to step on toes accidentally in those cases. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, it's such incredibly important work. And and one thing I noticed is that even though a, a lot of the the way we're focusing this particular year on the eighth principle is specifically about racial oppression and systemic racism. When we learn to navigate those conversations with each other, it's also building the same skills we need to navigate other kinds of conversations around other oppressions or marginalization and inclusivity, right. equity. And all of us find ourselves in different ways in life on different
6: sides of privilege, right? Right, right. yes, whether it has to do with disability or race or income or, you know, wherever we are. Yeah. 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 just so many ways that that shows up.
1: So um, how about this question is an apology enough? (laughs) Um,
6: Sometimes Uh Um, it kind of depends on what happened. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember uh, as an example, I was in a meeting once um, where I was really excited about the presence of a new person um, from a different culture and kind of, expressed um, excitement about uh, what they might be able to share with us in the near future and realized afterwards that I had spoken for that person without giving them the opportunity to say this for themselves. Mm -hmm. And considering that they came from a culture that is often dismissed, I realized I had just done that to them. And so I simply said to them, I'm sorry that I spoke for you. Mm -hmm. And that person replied, Thank you, I appreciate your apology, and that was sufficient for that situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and other times we may have to promise or or commit ourselves to behaving differently also, right. yeah, or there sometimes there are ways that reparations are in order, right and that's, that's true. a big word. It means a lot of things <laughs> it does yeah, but sometimes it's a on a small interpersonal level, and sometimes it's on a bigger level right yes. i um I have a story about, um, when my son was really little, he, well, I guess he was about 11 or so I've, I've told this, but it's been a while since I shared this with the congregation and he used to spend hours when he was about 11, um, taking photographs with our camera. It was not a smartphone or even that smart of a camera back then, but it was digital and so, he would spend hours taking photos to create these stop motion videos. And so it would be pictures of his cars, you know, doing stunts all around the house. Um, and then we would, you know, put them into the computer and play them quickly in, you know, slideshow or whatever. And it would turn into this really cool, like, one minute stop motion video. And so he would spend a long time on this. Mm-hmm. And one day I was transferring the photos into a computer and there was some kind of a pop up that happened. And I clicked something and it interrupted the process and it somehow just dumped all of them. like three hours of work he'd done. If they were gone and I couldn't recover them, it was just like not that great of software at Mm -hmm. the time. And I felt so bad. Um, And I apologized right away. And then like later that evening, I apologized again. I was still feeling so bad. Um, And my son, this little 11 year old candidly replied, I'm glad you're still feeling guilty because I still feel really sad. (laughs) And I was like, that was just honest. It was just honest, you know, the apology couldn't fix it. Um, but I, there wasn't anything else that could fix it either. And right. so it didn't feel like enough, but it was, um, just what we had, you know, that, and just like caring. Yeah. Relationship.
6: <laughs> and I guess in situations like that, we have to decide how valuable is the relationship that we are working with. And are mm-hmm. we going to continue to nurture it beyond that point? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And, and also there, you know, in that case, as in many cases, there was a, a, you know, I had to just be patient, um, and see whether he would be able to forgive me because forgiveness is the other side of it and Mm -hmm. a different conversation probably. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, here's one last uh, question. What if somebody refuses to accept your apology?
6: That can be really hard. Um, we're trying to invest ourselves into the situation into that relationship. And the other person's mm-hmm. telling us no. And, um, we have to recognize that we, and they have separate boundaries. They don't always coalesce. Mm-hmm. Um, taking responsibility for our own part does not make us responsible for the other person's feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's outside of our control. Yeah. Uh, My younger brother once taught me that, um, responsibility is not something that's given to you or that, that, um, isn't, it's not like an obligation that you incur. Mm -hmm. Responsibility is a power that you reach out and take. I can be given tasks. I can be delegated authority, Mm -hmm. but I choose to take responsibility and I can't choose to take responsibility for someone else's feelings. No, we can't. Um, yeah or 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 what they how they'll react to me mm-hmm. i can only take responsibility to do what i can do for that relationship
1: mm-hmm.
6: and be willing to allow them the same privilege mm-hmm.
1: yeah and i think we also have to remember that we're we're not entitled to someone's forgiveness and we don't know their full story like we may not understand all the parts of Hurt that come into play for them or, right. or what else is going on. And so we have to just practice some humility. Yes,
6: yeah. indeed.
1: Apology requires a lot of humility, <laughs> but I think also it can be very empowering, um, in that, you know, we're living into who we want to be and the kinds of relationships we want to have. And when we live that way, as consistently as possible, our lives get better.
6: Yes. Um, We can actively listen, and when we become aware that uh, anything we might have done has unintentionally hurt someone, we can actually take responsibility, apologize, and try to make things right, and if that process builds a bridge of communication, then our relationship grows, and very likely our relationship with the rest of those around us will also grow too. Yeah, I think that's
1: right. And I think that is a beautiful place to leave this message today. Thank you, Sarah.
6: You're welcome. Pleasure to be with you. As
2: you've probably heard in past services, Our Change for the Future recipient for June through August is Family Promise, a much needed organization that serves families in our wider community who are either unhoused or in danger of becoming so in these hard times. In addition to providing safe haven, Family Promise works to empower these families through hands-on programs designed to help them claim a better lot for themselves and their children. For many years now, our church has joined hands with Family Promise in its multifaceted mission. Our support is now more than ever needed. And this service is the last one in this year in which you have the opportunity to make a financial contribution to help these families in their daily struggles. What you give will also assist them in their long-term efforts to establish a secure footing in our society despite a rigged U.S. system that unjustly consigned so many to severe poverty. You can make your gift by clicking on the link provided in the chat box. If you prefer not to give online, you can mail a check to the church earmarked Change for the Future. The offering will now be taken.
0: Please let your heart be your guide. you
4: Keep our hearts wide open. What is generously given is received with gratitude. Thank you on behalf of First Unitarian, and thank you on behalf of Family Promise. As we continue reflecting on today's message, you are invited to discuss together and continue thinking throughout this week. And here is a question you might consider. What is the best apology you have ever received? I invite you to change now from speaker to gallery view as we offer our Pacham greeting to one another. As we place one hand over our hearts and extend the other toward your community. In this way, we are reminded of our connection to one another.
0: And now as
1: we extinguish our chalices and candles, may you go out with open hearts and may love bless you and keep you until we're gathered again. Blessed be.